Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. It is 8.03 p.m. Central Standard Time. Apologies for being three minutes late. We had some things behind the scenes happening. I was trying to finish my egg sandwich that I made for dinner. That's really what's going on. We're live on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitch channel, as we always are every Tuesday evening for the Blog on the Boys roundtables. This show rolls on through the offseason, but that those, rather, are days of the past because it is week one. The regular season is here. That means we have a game to discuss. We have predictions to yield, uh, which is what we're going to be doing tonight. I say we. My name is RJ Ochoa. And with me, as always, three fantastic Devonair <clears throat> swashbuckling members of the Blog and the Boys universe. Let's start in clockwise order. Danny Phantom, is that water that you were sipping in that mug right there? You know that it is. I, okay. I Room temp, you, our... cold, hot? Yeah, it's cold water. But I feel a little bit awkward in this position. I feel like Tony should be here. This is just like, I don't know. I feel a little lost in this roundtable. Uh, well, you can listen to this show uh, as a podcast. So people who are doing that um, obviously don't understand. You're in our upper right quadrant. Generally, that's Tony. Uh, but you got here first. Uh, so it just automatically sorts you based on tardiness. So Tony Catalina, Southeast for you. Uh, mm. A bit different. Um, how does it feel? Well, I Former guess usually I'm the... I'm the first one in. I guess I wasn't the first one in this time. So, you know, it's different. Uh, well, you look great in this spot anyway, Tony. You do too as well, Danny. So do you, LP. Um, you had some microphone issues that we worked out. I say this all the time. Your microphone, it, it must have cost like $2 million. Like you have this like pure gold microphone in front of you that is so much better than anything that we have to offer here. Well, you're muted now. So it's ironic that we're praising your microphone. So. I was trying to keep it humble, but thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, well said. Well said. Uh, it is week one. The Dallas Cowboys will visit the New York uh, good once again at Football Giants on Sunday night, Sunday night football to be specific on NBC. Tony Catalina will be there if anybody is going to be as well. Hit him up on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina. Uh, he'll buy whatever you uh, you have going on at your tailgate. Tony Catalina will. So everybody um, just get his Venmo and he'll send whatever you need your way. Uh, Danny Phantom LP, uh, I don't think we'll be there. I don't know about uh, ULP, but uh, okay, so we won't. Uh, so we'll be parked on our couches nonetheless, uh, watching as hopefully the Cowboys pick up their first win of the season. I think that's what we're all predicting, uh, but we're here tonight to predict a few different things. Uh, I sent you all a Google Doc earlier today with some different predictions. Danny, uh, did you have any difficulty putting these together? Uh, it wasn't too hard, but I had to think a little bit about some, I had some good some options. So um, I wouldn't say difficulty, but, uh, you know, it was, I had to think a little bit. Tony, you actually got upset um, at someone who we found out to be LP um, that they were taking all of your answers because we were all kind of active in the document at the same time. So um, it does kind of feel like a chalk season in terms of what we're expecting. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we get to look at it here and we'll get to talk about it a little bit. But uh, it seemed like we had a common theme on some of these answers. But, um, you know, I tried to go different a little bit here. So make it a little fun. 
LP, uh, how did it feel to be found out that you were thinking along the same lines as Tony? I mean, you know, great minds think alike, right? But I think our rationale is going to be a little bit different as we get to uh, kind of the, the talking points. So, but cool, though. Cool all the same. So let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, we would, of course, love audience participation. Uh, we would also love, as Watson Mata notes, uh, notes, excuse me, on the YouTube side of things, if you can hit the like button, subscribe to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, those things help us out. We have lots of live shows that happen throughout the season. Uh, now that it is the regular season, our Madden simulations will be returning. That will be dropping on Friday here on the channel. Uh, we'll run it. We'll see what the video game uh, has to say as far as what the Cowboys and Giants will do on Sunday night. And speaking of Sunday night after the game, I'll be live here on the channel, on Facebook, on Twitch, uh, discussing what we hope was a Dallas Cowboys victory. But uh, we have lots of analysis and discussion happening about the Cowboys-Giants game specifically on Sunday all across the podcast network, uh, the YouTube channel, the website. Uh, tonight, we're going to look forward a little bit further all the way through the 2023 NFL season. Uh, so that being said, Team MVP, we're predicting here, audience. That's the game tonight. We want to know who you think will be each person. So uh, I was on an island by myself here, uh, and I, I said Dak Prescott. I, I'm kind of putting all my eggs in the Dak Prescott basket. I think uh, what each of you had to say makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, but the Cowboys are going to go as far as Dak Prescott goes. We can think that other players are talented and important and have merit. Uh, but at the end of the day, Dak, not Zeke, sorry, Stephen Jones, is the straw that stirs the drink. And if Dak Prescott does put together uh, an MVP sort of season, I think that would lead to obviously a lot of success and what we all want to see from the Cowboys. That being said, LP, can you see Dak Prescott ending 2023 as the team MVP? So I didn't. I went with Micah Parsons, which is, I'm sure is a popular answer for a lot of us on the panel tonight. And uh, Micah's is just different, man. He's a different animal. He's just that impactful. And we talk about his uh, comparisons of guys like LT. Um, I use the Steph Curry analogy. He just creates orbit around him. He's so impactful that if he doesn't go off, somebody else will thanks to him. And he makes big plays. So guys you think about that are primed to have big gears, Osa, Sam Williams, they all kind of feed off of Micah. And I think he's going to be productive, and he just helps a great secondary. So I went with Micah Parsons. If Micah Steph, who does that make Dak? Keep it on the Warriors. Clay? I think that could that could have gone a lot worse. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Demarcus Lawrence is Draymond Green, like from a demonstrative standpoint, not an unlikability standpoint. But okay. Um, okay. We'll see. Um, I guess that makes Mike McCarthy, um, Steve Kerr. Danny Phantom, you also at Micah Parsons, but could you see Dak making sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I I believe I actually put Dak first because, um, I mean, I mean, there's no denying that Dak is the most valuable piece to this team as far as value and what he sure. means to the team. Um, but then I, I started thinking about it a little bit, and I started to remember Micah Parsons is just – he's just remarkable – and I mean, I really think this is just going to be a huge year. And one of the things too about this is the Cowboys have done a lot to help both uh, Dak Prescott and Micah, just pieces around them that are really going to just create opportunities. And I think that, um, you know, it's easy to point out the reasons why Dak could be great uh, this year, but also too, just a little bit of help here with a Mozzie here and, you know, just little, uh, little strengths, strengthening that they have on the defensive line. It's just, I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to stop this guy. And he, I mean, he was just totally wrecking training camp and just making everything difficult for the Cowboys in their practice. So now you get him out there and unleash him with, with uh, the talent they have him also with corners that can actually defend. And I just think that all these things together are just going to just make Micah just raise it to the next level. And I just think this is going to be a monster year for him. 
Tony, my only thought against Micah, um, we all agree he's the most talented player on the team, but at the end of the day, he's a defensive player. At the end of the day, his impact has has a limit as opposed to Dak. I mean, right, and that's the inherent advantage or responsibility or curse, whatever you want to call it, you know, that comes with being the quarterback uh, of a given NFL team. But that's why, again, like if each of them has the best possible season that they could possibly have for the Cowboys, wouldn't Dak Prescott be more valuable? Well, without a doubt, I, I, you know, for a record, you know, I picked Micah Parsons to be the MVP, but I absolutely agree with you saying that if Dak Prescott was able to win that for this team this year, I think it has a larger impact on this team. If our quarterback goes out there and is clear and above everybody else and his impact is just that most valuable player type level, it, it's going to be a huge thing for this team. Like you said, the quarterback, it's it starts and finishes with him. Like you said, it stirs the drink. So Michael Parsons can go on and have 15, 16 sacks. But if, if Dak Prescott is surgical, he gets in that top five quarterback range comfortably, or it just has the best year of his career, that impact could, you know, that could propel us to heights we haven't seen in a quarter century. So um, I did not mention at the top, uh, but this is a game and there are points being awarded. LP, you've picked up 10 so far from the crowd. Danny, Tony, you're both sitting at five. So right now, LP out uh, to a strong lead. We'll see how this uh, this ultimately goes throughout the duration of our conversation here. Watsamata chimes in with a super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, Watsamata says, I'm still butthurt over Aikman getting MVP in the 1993 Super Bowl win over Buffalo. I'm Personally, I refer to that as the 92 Super Bowl. I know that's a weird delineation among NFL fans, whatever. But uh, James Washington clearly earned it, but the offensive guy always gets the MVP. Micah actually alters the Earth's rotation. Uh, again, I think we all acknowledge that Micah Parsons is incredible. And Kevin, or Kevin uh, by the way, has um, answered the question uh, offered from uh, who, uh, who asked the question. Uh, was it... Um, uh, Kevin asked, and then Rick answered. Goodness gracious, I've lost myself in the comments. Cowboys were four and one last year without Dak Prescott. I don't think that's an indictment against Dak's value to the team. Tony, you've picked up five points. Okay, so this wasn't on the prompt, but obviously Micah and Dak are valuable in their own ways to the Cowboys. Uh, a quick on your feet question, Danny Phantom: Who is the team MVP on the Cowboys this year that is not Micah or Dak Prescott? Whew. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with CD in that regard. Then, so uh, he would be my number three choice. Um, I think that with with all the weapons that the Cowboys have, you, you know, Dak's gonna be the benefactor too. But like, if CD just takes that next step as well, I just think that's just gonna you know make things that much better. So I mean, I think he's probably the the third best. I mean, Zach Martin would be, but I would still say like CD is probably right there. It's, as far as the next best player and, and the impact he could make could be really large. I think that's well said. Tony. I'm going to take it in a little different direction. I'm going to, I think I'm going to say here, I think it'd be Stefan Gilmore. And it's because what he can do for this pass rush, having a real number two cornerback out there that, you know, if you're not going to go at Trayvon Diggs and if Stefan Gilmore is who we think he is, then he changes the dynamic of that secondary a little bit. And, and, realistically if if you give this you know pass rush a half second a second longer it's going to produce more sacks more turnovers and and the value in that i mean i you know i was like the leader of the anthony brown fan club here but this is just a different level at the corner two corner three spot so um it may not be that he ends up being the actual most valuable player but i think his impact will be on that level okay lp um i mean i'm going to go with the running back I'm going to go with Pollard, Ben. I think uh, he's in for a big year this year, the way it's kind of set up for him. There's nobody really behind him like that. 
Um, they're going to pass the ball a lot more. He's a good safety valve, so he's going to get his yards in all aspects. So he's going to run it. He's going to catch it. Uh, he's going to be a big-time aspect of this offense, so I think it's going to be him. Well, so that takes us into our next category, which was offensive MVP. Um, we had a, a wider range of outcomes here as far as answers are concerned. You did answer Tony Pollard. Um, so I don't know how you went about this, LP, if you were like, Dak would be too chalk or that that's you know not necessarily fair because he's the quarterback. But you think Tony Pollard winds up, at the very least, the most valuable skill position player on the offense this season? I think so, man. And I think it's kind of a, a reverb of DeMarco back in 2014. It's a contract year. The guy's obviously motivated. He has something to prove. They're going to tailor the offense to his skill set. So a lot more quick passes to the backs. He's the only guy you really trust to run the football. And I think he could be in line for a monster Alvin Kamara type season with, as far as yards from scrimmage. So I think you think about it, like we love uh, Rico. We like Deuce, but Tony commands the ball. You call it, he will haul it. And it's, I think with the, the contract over his head, he's going to be leaned on heavily and he's going to be the guy for this team when they need a first down here or a quick pass. He's going to be your, your man. So I'm going with Tony Pollard, man. Um, I'm not going to give you these points, Tony, but Chris did give you five for looking handsome tonight. Uh, Chris is trying to throw a wrench into the calculations tonight. So appreciate you hanging out, Chris. Um, LP, you did pick up five points from Watsamata. Um, Matsumata compares Tony Pollard to Debo Samuel. Obviously, we would love for the Cowboys to utilize him just all over the place. Exhaust Tony Pollard. Um, he's somebody who can help in a wide number of ways. Danny Phantom, you did not have Tony Pollard as your offensive MVP. Um, you did not have C.D. Lamb either, who you noted would be the non-Micah, non-Dak MVP. You actually had Dak Prescott as your offensive MVP, which makes sense. Yeah, and I think you know the, the other two players you listed would be right there with them, but I think for me, the reason I chose Dak with first off with Pollard, I think that we we all we're excited about him. You know, Zeke's not there to take take some of that workload, but I don't know exactly how this is going to play out. I, I don't think the Cowboys want to exhaust him. I know they want to preserve that juice, so I don't know that we're going to see like too much different from the Tony Pollard we're used to seeing. And then from CD Lamb perspective too, is Brandon Cooks I think is going to be a bigger impact to this offense than we may be thinking, and I think that's going to pull some targets away to where I think it, it, it could, you know, maybe not make help CD get to his 1500 mark, which is where he's like headed, headed right now. So anyway, but on the, on the other side of that, Dak, Par, Dak Prescott is there to basically just pick up all the, all the points from every, he's got the receiving core. That's way better than it was last year. He's got good. I, I think the tight ends they have are equally as good as what they had last year. And then all these other players that just kind of the way, like Cavante Turpin and, you know, even Hunter Lipke, you know, we're going to see him catch some passes and stuff. And there's just a lot of different things this team could do. Deuce as well. You, get, you throw a little pass off, he gets in space. I think all that means is just some big numbers for Prescott. I think that's, for me, that's why he um, earns that honor. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know that you guys didn't pick Dak to be your team MVP, but um Obviously, Micah Parsons exists. Tony, you did have Dak as well as your offensive MVP. So you see him as being, again, the driving force behind what the Cowboys are going to do offensively. They've clearly put a lot on his plate. What with Mike McCarthy moving more into a West Coast offense, the Texas Coast offense, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's the Dak show at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you like what they did in the offseason, bringing in the Brandon Cooks, like you said, and, you know, having some of these weapons here that can help him out. Um, I think Jake Ferguson, you know how I felt about him a few episodes ago. I think that Jake Ferguson's in, you know, in line for a good big season here, especially being the number one guy. Um, for me, it's 
Dak Prescott has an opportunity to to really go out there and, and quiet a lot of doubters. It's for what that's worth. It may not mean much, but I think in this Mike McCarthy offense, you know, with the opportunities they're going to give him, the simplification of it, and how he's able to kind of pick a spot, get on the same page with these wide receivers, have a real understanding where things don't have to be, you know, messy, right? Everything can be clean. It can be precise. And I think that will go a long way. At, at the end of the day, like Dak Prescott's had – you know, had seasons where he's had some great weapons. He's had seasons where um, the weapons haven't, haven't been great. But at the end of the day, to have an offense that is c- catered around him, right? Mike McCarthy said it starts with the quarterback. It starts with Dak Prescott. Then he goes out there and calls a beautiful game for Will Greer. I know we're not going to take too much away from that, but I felt really encouraged by the fact that Dak Prescott just felt like he understood this offense, what came together, what the sequencing of that play calling was. And then you put that together with a Brandon Cooks, a CD Lamb. It just, there seems to be a lot of principles in place here for Dak Prescott to have an excellent 2023. Um, On the subject of Brandon Cooks, I don't know if any of you listened to the Cowboys hour, uh, which is a great worthwhile or great listen. That's totally worth your while. Um, every week because Brad Sham, Christie Scales, they have all sorts of guests. They had Jalen Tolbert on. I know this is a bit of a tangent. Um, he talked about the impact that Brandon Cooks um, has had on him. This was on Monday. It was when it was live. But um, he noted that Cooks took him to Oregon uh, over the offseason to work out and get right. Uh, they went to the Nike campus. Shout out to your neck of the woods, Danny Phantom, that Dak and CD joined them. I do think the Brandon Cooks impact goes beyond just what he can provide on the field, which is an insane amount. But, I mean, he is really – the kind of big brother that a lot of these players needed and somebody who's obviously done things at a high level in the NFL so far. I like this question from Doxon7, so we're going to use this to kind of go around the bend. Uh, who's going to be the chain mover for Dak? So let's just kind of call it third and seven. You need a first down. Who's the dude that we can kind of expect to be um, that proverbial chain mover for the Cowboys? Doxon7 says Jake Ferguson. Who do you say, LP? I think you're I, muted, I, LP. Oh, there we go. Now I'm actually thinking about it. I- I kind of like ASAP Ferg in that spot too, man. I mean, because he's shown that he's a reliable guy over the middle, big catch radius, great hands. Um, and Dak just knows how to get rid of the ball fast over the middle on third downs that are clutch. So I, I do like ASAP Ferg, uh, Jake Ferguson there. Okay. So Jake Ferguson, you're going to copy Doxon seven. Tony, you're going to throw it, your hat in the ring, make it three. I mean, I'd be interested in thinking, I mean, I think it's CD Lamb, but at the same time, Jake Ferguson, you know how Dak Prescott is with the tight ends. It's a hell of an answer. Okay. So. You are. So we got three votes for Jake Ferguson, amazingly. Danny Phantom, are you going to be unique? I am going to be unique. Um, I am going to take Jake Schoonmaker because I think both those guys are going to be moving the chains. I think people are going to be really surprised by time game four or five gets here that Schoonmaker is the Dalton Schultz clone that we were hoping for because I think that guy is really talented. We didn't get to see a, a lot of it in, in camp. You know, he's dealing with an injury too, but you put those two together, you're not even going to be able to tell the difference. You're going to have to look at 87 or 86. So I just think both of those guys are just going to be moving, help moving the chain. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying both those guys. I'm not picking. I'm, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. I mean, I think we, we've allowed ourselves to dream about so many roles for different players that Brandon Cooks is kind of the like, the thing hiding in plain sight at this point, like his impact is going to be really, really, really incredible. And I can't wait to see it starting Sunday night. Obviously um, I had CD lamb as the offensive MVP. Uh, none of you asked, which was very rude of you. Um, I do think that CD took a step to become the alpha on the Cowboys last year. I do think this is the year that CD joins. I'm not saying CD is Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase, but joins the pantheon of NFL great wide receivers in today's moment. Um, what was what, what's the best 
version of an individual Cowboys wide receiver season we've seen in recent memory. I mean, Amari 2018, Dez 2012, I mean, 2014. 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I think this is on par with that. Maybe not from a volume standpoint or a production because there are other options, unlike what Dez had going on or Amari had going on. But I think in terms of alpha ability, that's what we see from CD Lamb. I think he's become that dude. Chris Holling does also echo 2014 Dez. Um, as we all know, he obviously caught it. Um, okay. Anybody have any thoughts on CD Lamb? Uh, I just agree. I think I think this will be I think what we see from Lamb is probably better than what we've seen from a Cowboys receiver in the last 20 years. So even that's better. Than better than better, better than Dez 14, better than TO whenever 2007. I think it's gonna be I think I think he is on a new level. I mean, the guy is just phenomenal, and I think he just continues to get better. So uh, maybe not statistically, but just overall ability. He has will, all those skills, um, man. Sorry, Tony. I was gonna say he has all those skills. I mean, the route running, the separation, the contested catches, the hands. He just fits. I mean, he plays everywhere across the formation, and he's tough too. He he really brings all those characteristics that we've not seen in a while. So, yeah, I mean, it's sky is the limit for CD Lamb for real. What I was trying to say just real quick is, you know, like kind of echo what LP said, he's so multiple and what he can do. There is very little that he isn't able to kind of go out there and do from different positions, different spots in the field and to do it with such confidence. And I, you know, you, we saw what two, two training camps ago, we were like, all right, this is going to be CD's breakout. It didn't really kind of pan out last year, but everything we thought 2021 was going to be, he was that in 2022. And I think we all agree in the fact that he just kind of scratching the surface now. So he's playing with a wide receiver that believes and has so much confidence. And we know at a position like that, 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 that can go a real long way. And I think the connection with him and Dak understanding he's the guy and he's kind of not the elder statement, but he knows he's the, big dog in that room i think it really can parlay to it may not be statistic wise but like he's gonna demand the type of things that the guys you were talking about earlier rj um in case anybody doubted that chris holling was in the chat uh he came in with this 2014 des is the best wide receiver in nfl history um chris i i love you and i love des but i don't know about that <laughs> um but, I mean, certainly very close. And, again, one of the best Dallas Cowboys wide receiver seasons we've ever seen. Okay, so defensive MVP. And kind of along these lines, because we all picked Micah Parsons, this is the question I wanted to ask. And we'll start with um, LP. Who should we start with? Uh, Dan. Okay, so we'll start with Danny. Danny, the confidence you have in Micah Parsons is the highest amount of confidence you have had in a Cowboys player since who win? Does that question make sense? So kind of like we just yeah. talked about, like a, a Cowboys wide receiver. It could be any Cowboy, a, any year, but like the the confidence level you have in Micah Parsons ahead of 2023. That's a hard question, oh, man. I don't throw um, softballs. I'm not the Texas Rangers. It's got to be sometime in in the late 2000s, close to. It's got to be in Demarcus Ware's prime. That's probably it for me. I can't remember thinking of another player because I mean with, with both Dak and Romo, I mean, I, I, they have been great, but my, I wouldn't say my confidence level has always been through the roof with those guys. Um, but besides going back to like Emmett Smith, if I'm trying to find someone more in between, I think DeMarcus Ware, I mean, there was a time where he's just, you know, well, he's a hall of famer. And I mean, so, um, I think that's, I have to go back there. I don't, I can't say which year, but it's definitely going to be uh, DeMarcus Ware prime. Tony. Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of echo that. I would say specifically 20 sack 2008 DeMarcus Ware. I mean, 
like a freak ability. Somebody like Micah Parsons is going to shatter like everything we think about expectations and defensive, you know, prowess. The guy is like I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I know there's a couple of chuckles about it, but like it's it's rare to see a guy who has the the generational talent and ability, but also has the drive to match it, and it's not like fake or it's not fluff. He's not saying stuff because he thinks it's good for the brand. It may be good for the brand, but he's saying this stuff because he has like the hunger. So if you match a guy and I, and I'll go back to even training camp after the scrum where he's like literally fist fighting people on the field, he became literally unstoppable in practice. It became like a, a joke when you have, and you, and I've met very few people in my life that have an ability to become like super sane when they're angry Seeing that for me was one of the most confidence boosting things I've ever seen, because if Micah goes out there, has a slow half, has a slow series, like, is there any doubt in our mind that Micah Parsons can literally just say, like, I'm taking over right now? And and DeMarcus Ware had that ability, obviously a Hall of Famer, 20 sacks, 2008. Like, I think that we're going to see something that we haven't seen before with Micah in 2023. I'm worried, LP, that we are putting a little bit too much on Micah, right? Like, we're expecting him to just, like, and, and maybe if there's ever a player that it felt fair to do that with, it, it's him. But, like, we act like Micah's never had a bad game. And he never really has, but, you know, he's he has had non-Super Saiyan games, right? Like, which is what we're saying is the standard for him. I mean, base form only? Uh, nah, <laughs> man. I, I, mean, I mean, he's almost hitting, like, ultra instinct at this point because there's so many things that he does. I mean, I run out of words in, in describing him and talking about him. The comparisons, the similes, you run out of them because he's just so elite and dominant. And he's... You talk about like the the most confidence I've had in a Cowboys player. This goes back to like the Mount Rushmore guys, the Dion's of the world, the Michael Irvins of the world, the guys that were gonna get in your face and they're gonna let you know what they're gonna do to you and do it. Um, he's that kind of guy. He he's explosive, he's fast, he's he's a he's a baller, man. That's the same we have out here in Maryland. He's a he's a baller. That's what he is at all phases, at all levels. I mean, we've never seen a guy with that kind of elite speed hunger i'm just and just ferocity man and demarcus is great but he's can i say he's more explosive than demarcus is he more sudden i think so i I think think also compared to demarcus Ware, and some of this is the day and age that that Ware played in and he was just a more naturally quiet person micah is micah is kind of like a rising tide that that lifts all the other boats uh not again i i certainly don't want to take anything away from demarcus Ware, friend of blog and the boys Profile Hall of Famer, soon to be Ring of Honor member, but I mean, D- Micah lifts the Sam Williamses of the world again. Not to take anything away from Sam Williams, more than Demarcus was able to lift even the Anthony Spencers of the world. Does, that, does anybody disagree with that? No, I think he's he's an alpha. We we just talked about all the guys on this team that are leaders just now, and there's a lot of guys we talked about: Brandon Cooks, um, Dak, of course. But I think when you talk about a a guy, and it's it's kind of rare too because. He's the kind of the guy they, they kind of rallied around a little bit early on. And we have a lot of vocal leaders. We have Dak. We have Demarcus Lawrence. But when you need a play, you need a stop, and you just need a guy to get in there, he's that guy. He, he's that dude. And he's only 24 years old. And that's what's crazy. Tony. If I, if I may, I just want to add a simple thing that's kind of a mindset thing that I keep going back to with him is Thanksgiving on the Giants. The guy tweeted out that he stayed against Andrew Thomas, who is widely reviewed viewed as one of the best – 
left tackles in football simply for the challenge. When he could have went over to Evan Neal, who was getting beat like a drum, you know, consistently week after week. And he could have just made it easy for himself, but he wanted to prove a point to anybody. Like that sicko behavior. I know there's people that would eat. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence was licking his chops to be on that side of the ball. Like it's it's just a different breed of people that say, yeah, I could go over there and have four sacks. I'd rather do it against Andrew Thomas. Like that's just so different to think of. Okay, so uh, Micah was incredibly obvious as the defensive MVP. Um, is there a is there someone we don't see? Is there someone not getting enough attention? A non Micah person, but Micah obviously exists in his own universe here. I mean, Trayvon Diggs would be the answer, right? For most likely defensive MVP, maybe Demarcus Lawrence. Is there anybody? Maybe Leighton Vanderesh in a certain way. Is there anybody else who merits discussion in that sense, Danny Phantom? Uh, no, it's going to be tank for me, but I think there's a lot of guys who could, there's a long list and you know, can the safeties, you know, pick one, you know, one of those guys. But, um, for me, it's going to be Demarcus Lawrence. Um, also, I mean, I'm really excited about what we're going to see from Oso Digizua. I mean, everybody collectively, just that whole bunch, I think I'm just really excited about, but I, I did want to make one point about why I had Micah as the overall MVP too, is I think that um Parsons so typically when like if, if a team does really well the top player on that unit is in, in in MVP discussions so they they're like pushed to the top because of the unit's good and i think this Cowboys team it's going to be it's going to be the defense we're going this defense is going to be elite and so i think Micah is going to be the leader of the defense and also too i think Prescott's actually going to help Micah have a chance for that MVP because as the offense improves and and they're they're scoring more, it's going to put opposing teams in much tougher spots. And this is where Micah is really going to feast because now you can just pin your ears back and go after him. And so, to me, I feel I feel all these elements together are, are why we're going to see a much uh, just more um, celebrating Micah Parsons because it, it's just going to be phenomenal. Okay. Uh, next category is um, the one I'm the most excited about. Um, it's also the one that you had the most questions about as a group. So I'm hopeful that leads to a really good discussion. Uh, the dude we didn't see coming. Um, that's all I wrote. And uh, we had four different answers for this, which is exciting. Um, you can define this how you want. The way it made sense in my mind was somebody who, like, right now, if you ask me who the dudes are on the Cowboys, it's a lot of the names that we have already talked about tonight. Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Tank Lawrence, right? So somebody who enters that pantheon that obviously is not there, but that we didn't anticipate becoming a member of that group. Again, that's just how I defined it. So if you define it differently, that's totally up to you. Uh, so that being said, LP, let's start with you. Who is the dude we didn't see coming in 2023 for the Dallas Cowboys? So I kind of went back and forth a little bit. I mean, I wanted to kind of go with Dan's initial point talking about like Kevontae Turpin as a receiver. But I thought about, you know, a guy that people are kind of low on. And then I thought about myself, who am I the most low on? I've been driving the bus on this guy in the wrong direction. But I said Brandon Aubrey. Um, just taking it for me. And I probably, you know, it's weird for me to say it, but I think he's starting to kind of improve a little bit. I mean, I, I didn't like that he didn't get a real crash course, but he's making progress. He's kicking off the ball consistently, which is what John Fossil loves. Uh, he's improved the accuracy on the extra points. And the kick against the Raiders from 49 yards, I think that was kind of like, okay, we got a little something here. So I think, um, you know, they're not even interested in anybody else. They're kind of letting him kind of do his thing. And I think he's going to be fine. And they had options too. They had, you know, the Mahers. They had the Crosbys. They had the, the, the goals. And they said, you know, we're good. And maybe they know something that I don't. So I think 
he's going to be a solid kicker, not elite, but a solid kicker. And we can live with that. Um, Tony, what would it take for Brandon Arby to become a dude for you? I would say just being able to, to hammer any anything 40 and plus. Like, I know it sounds so mundane, but if he can be in the 90 plus percentile or 90 percent percentage of 40 plus, you know, make every PAT and hit anything 40 you know, around that range. It, it doesn't really have to be too much because you're going to talk about a kicker when he's not making them. I'd rather just not speak on him and just know that we have some type of relaxation when he trots onto the field. Um, I think that's fair. That's a good way to put it. By the way, LP, you picked up three points there. Nice field goal uh, for talking about Brandon Aubrey. Just an update on the standings. Tony and LP tied at 32 points. Danny, 27. Um, Danny, what would it take for you for Brandon Aubrey to become a dude? Honestly, I mean... Obviously, Durham Bland was the dude last year, but in second place has has to be Brett Maher. So right. I mean, LP makes a great point. If if uh, Aubrey goes out there and delivers, you know, is a consistent player and comes through and and kind of helps our worries kind of go away by midseason, then he's become that dude, and he is definitely something a player that we didn't see coming because we're all worried about it. So if that happens again, the Cowboys are fortunate enough for to have a solid kicker again. Absolutely. I think that would be a great answer. Okay. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. LP, round of applause from everyone for you. I think that um, Brandon Aubrey makes some sense. I think also working in his favor is the narrative of like, the position's been so poor. I think people are over-dramatizing uh, Brett Maher's season last year because, to Danny's point, he was very solid all season long. It was just obviously it ended poorly. Uh, but people will act like he's some savior if he's just, like, average, right, which is kind of what the Cowboys are expecting or hoping he'll be at this point. So, uh, well done, LP. Bravo. Um, okay, uh, Tony Catalina, who is the dude that we did not see coming for the Dallas Cowboys, in your opinion? So, for me, I went with a little different way than what you described it as. Um, I don't think this guy's going to be a top 10 guy. I don't think he's somebody that's going to be like a star on this team, but we didn't see him coming because he didn't practice pretty much all training camp. He wasn't really supposed to be factored into the week one plans, but I think that, you know, close your ears, Danny. I think it's going to be Jordan Lewis a little bit. And I think, I think Jordan Lewis is going to come in and, and be that solidifying piece in the secondary, right? I, it's obviously Deron Bland's job, but I think having that little, you know, bulldog type of angry mentality, veteran leadership in the interior of the, you know, secondary, have a guy who can play nickel. He can be tough. Um, He makes plays. Even when he gets injured, he's making plays. So I think he's a guy 
who in the sense of how I thought about it was he wasn't on anybody's mind. I think many people probably had him cut so Deuce can get number two. And that's how little people thought about him at times. But I think there's going to come a time where attrition, injuries, whatever the case may be, where we're going to look and lean on Jordan Lewis a little bit. And I think he has the 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 demeanor, the swagger, the ability to step in and, and play well for us. And so, you know, for me, he, he's not going to be one of those top 10 guys, but I think he can really help this defense. LP is is there not a difference between a dude and a guy? You know what I mean? Like I could see Jordan Lewis becoming a guy, but there's a difference between that and a dude. A dude makes plays. That's true. And uh and that this was Ron Blank last year. <laughs> well, that dude ain't made plays in a while, though. And I think that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. But I think what Tony's saying is that based on a perception of him, because he's at this point overlooked a lot, and people are kind of in a rush to get you know, to, to the next thing, the new hot thing, whether that's right. Deron Bland. Mukwamu in the slot they're kind of looking past Jordan Lewis and to Tony's point he's here for a reason and I think the coaching staff really really likes him a lot and that's why he's still around he was a cut candidate who's still here so I would say he could be a dude he's a guy that could be a dude Tony um I think that something you said that is really apt is there are a lot of people who wanted like silly people who wanted to cut him purely to get number two to Deuce Vaughn like that was like Danny, you're shaking your head, but there there are some people who like who to LP's point are, are just like obsessed with the new, like obsessed with Deuce Vaughn. Who cares? Blah blah. I posted uh, the unofficial depth chart uh, on my Instagram today. I had a comment from somebody that was like, uh, again, just looking at the depth chart, and there there. If anyone hasn't seen, it, it's available at our site at blogoftheboys.com. But there's no backup center listed. So one of the comments was like, we need to cut Cavante Turpin and go get a backup center. Like again, like so. People say things like this. That's what I'm saying, Danny Phantom. I totally believe that there are people who wanted to get rid of Jordan Lewis just so that Deuce Vaughn could have number two. That being said, could you see Jordan Lewis being a dude we didn't see coming in? Well, first off, I will say as someone, I, I know a guy who <laughs> thought, thought Jordan Lewis was going to be cut, but I can tell you it wasn't because of the, to get his number or whatever. But um, I think this, I think this is a good answer. I, I almost said great answer, but I think, I think it's just a, a good answer. And I think that, I'm one of those guys that wouldn't have seen it coming because um, I just, you know, don't have that level of confidence in Jordan Lewis. But I like Tony's answer in the sense of there's a path where he he actually becomes a, a larger role, and it doesn't matter if it's a, the slot corner or the outside corner gets hurt because whichever it is, Jordan Lewis is coming in and playing the slot, and he's going to have a bigger role. My issue is from everything I've seen from Jordan Lewis, which is a good player. Um, he, there's there's still too many things wrong with his game. He's never going to play up to level of dude-like, in my opinion. So uh, I, I struggle with. I know people love Jordan Lewis, and he gets he'll he'll get those picks, you know, at timely manners. But overall, his game is is just average at best. And so I don't. To me, I, I think Jordan Lewis is what he is, and that's where he'll be. And right now, he's a a, a bench player, and uh, and it's going to take a an injury for uh, him to even get back into a starting role. I will say it's, it's not popular, but Deron Bland got his lumps last year. He had some, he had some situations where he wasn't perfect. Right. And of course that's that position. That's the nature of the beast there. But um, whether it's injury, whether it's play, I I'm saying it now and I hope I'm wrong. Right. Because that means something bad happened. We're going to end up looking where a situation where like, we're going to turn to Jordan Lewis and be like, go ahead and help us out here, please. Yeah, you could be right, Tony. I mean, Bland, he's he had a great rookie season, but there had, there's no promises in year two. So you're absolutely right. It could go down like that, and yeah, none of us want to see that happen. If I had to invent a category, it would be 
guy most likely to have a dude game and it would be Jordan Lewis, right? Like there's a, there's a game where Deron Bland has like a hamstring issue or whatever he can't play. And, and Jordan Lewis and everyone's like, Oh no, what's going to happen. And Jordan Lewis just locks down the slot, right? Like that, that's just, he just completely takes it away. And it's like, that's him. That's our dude, whatever. Kind of like the bump that Izzy Mukwamu got. I recognize Jordan Lewis is much longer on the tooth than these guys, but Izzy Mukwamu had that bump and everybody's like, Oh my gosh, Holy crap. I think it could be that moment. And then Jordan Lewis gets the like attaboys and everything like that. So that's a good answer, Tony. Definitely a, a different twist on, um, on the, uh, the subject, but that's why this, this question was a lot of fun. Danny, I'll set you up to go last. Um, I explained my methodology and the way I kind of approached it. My answer is Tyler Biotish. Uh, right now, Terrence Steele is getting his moment in the sun, rightfully so, completely and totally well-earned. He's obviously joined the the ranks of Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. Tyler Smith has the first round kind of glow that, you know, kind of puts him there as well. Tyler Biotish is now the, you know, sort of dude who doesn't have a second contract, isn't a first round draft pick, whatever. He's on the final year of his rookie contract. But I think Tyler Biotish has this like, dominant you know year at center not quite jason kelsey level of character but becomes this like vocal part of what we see from the cowboys we all saw him just completely and totally wreck sam williams on the final day in oxnard that's who tyler biotish is like i think he's that guy and i think he evolves and, and he plays on a team that is conducive to offensive linemen becoming stars and becoming notable and things like that. I think Tyler Biotish becomes a, a much larger household name, which will also piss me off because then other people will be doing the, oh, Tyler Badass, I'm the person who thought of this thing. I hate that so much. Uh, LP, am I way out of left field on this? Nah, man. I mean, I, I kind of see it too because the Cowboys have had like, like a line over the couple years. Like I, like Travis had the notoriety of being a first-round pick. Therefore, everybody knew who he was. Um, it's it's more akin to like Andre Gerard where he kind of comes in and he becomes your center. And then, then he becomes, you know, that guy that we know, right. He's always going to the pro bowl is there right. every single season. He's the Cowboys center. So there's a path. And I think he's been long fighting for respect for a while from a lot of people. And again, he's replacing who I won't say he was a legendary center, but he was a great center for a while. So he's, he had big shoes to fill and he's, he's stepping along with it. I mean, step for step. So I, I give him that. I think he's a possible dude, if you will. So. The Shout Andre Gerard uh, example is really strong. And Andre didn't really become a dude until Albert Hainsworth stepped on his face. And that's when he kind of became like this household name uh, and everything. And then all the Pro Bowls and everything followed. Tony, do you agree with Tyler Biotish? I do. And I think, you know, this is funny. Shout out to Aisha Morrison from Girls Talk, Boys Talk. She put a tweet out the other day that she was talking about how she doesn't envy facing the interior of the Giants with the, you know, with Dexter Lawrence and some of these bigger guys, Leonard Williams. And, you know, when she was speaking to Tyler Biotish about it, he like kind of laughed it off. He's like, but I do. Like he wants it. Like that's a that's a Tyler badass. Like you know, what I mean? that's oh. that's beyond Tyler. I'm not gonna use it, but if you're gonna wear that name, that's something you have to say. So yeah, I think that's a good answer. You know, I know he was like a sixth alternate for the Pro Bowl. And, you know, he got in. I think he is a an invaluable piece. I know much like we feel about some guys that we talked about recently. There were people quietly, probably not so quietly, saying they need to move on or find a replacement for him a year or two ago. And I think the narrative about Tyler Biotish has really changed, and I think with good reason. And it's really just been done from his work on the field. Danny Phantom, before you give us your soon-to-be dude, um, do you agree with Tyler Biotish, or are you going to throw some cold water that's in your cup all over this? No, so I want to be honest, RJ. When I first saw your answer, I did want to throw the challenge flag on it because (laughs) – I thought that, are you kidding me? He's a pro bowler. It's like, where, how do you not see that coming? But I I went under the hood and I looked closer and I realized, and Tony made a point already that, you know, um, I mean, he is a pro bowler too, but he's kind of like a Jalen Smith pro bowler. 
You know, he oh, made it. He made it, but let's let's wow. all be I mean, we all love Tyler Biotis, but I mean, he 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 didn't have a Pro Bowl season last year. I mean, whatever. Okay, he did. But what we're seeing from Camp and how he's playing now, he could be. And also, too, RJ, I didn't realize how you were enunciating dude when you typed it out. So I wasn't quite right. sure how this needed to be defined. But I do think that he could take that next step and be a dude because I think he could earn a legit Pro Bowl this season. Okay, well said. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, so we're three for three in terms of answers that make me happy. Granted, I was in complete and total control of one of them. Uh, Danny Phantom, uh, it's now time for you, even though you've just picked up five points here, uh, to give us your dude that we didn't see coming. Um, also, I guess to maybe explain how you approach the exercise, that it's because it's clearly different than from how I did. Yeah, first off, I, I want to say that my wife oftentimes likes to refer to me as Dr. Doom and Gloom because I sometimes take too much of a negative approach to things when I start forecasting what could go wrong. And so just a little disclaimer before I give my answer here. So, you know, I mentioned to Tony. Oh, you know, my he, gosh. No, knowing your answer now, I'm really upset. <laughs> at where, yeah, where your I, yeah I, I know this isn't going to get any points, but, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, like Tony made a good, uh, the reason I liked his answer is there's a good path for that to happen and stuff. And there's also a good path for uh, Cowboys uh, late round pick, Asim Richards, to become a guy that's more, become the next like Deron Bland. Because I think the Cowboys offensive line, there are some concerns with it already. That it's already happening. And I was very impressed with what I saw from him. Um, I, I honestly didn't see much in, in camp and until preseason. Then it really he really started to put it together, and there's a lot of tape. Where, but whether it's left tackle or left guard, he's the guy's pretty solid. And I think he was picked almost in the same spot. I think maybe two picks differing him between Deron Bland. So uh, I, to me, he just was the obvious guy because the talent's there, the the path to get to to put into a larger role is there. And you know what? He's that same round pick. So awesome, awesome Richards is my pick for this year's dude. We didn't see coming. Uh, you picked up five points there, Danny, and so did your wife. Um, so <laughs> congratulations. I'm not telling. I'm not telling. Uh, well, uh, you picked up five from Chris as well and one from Casey. So you picked up a lot of points there. Uh, what is that? 11 total points for you. Uh, Tony, um, awesome Richards. I mean, kind of like we've spent a lot of time getting pumped up about, about different members of this rookie class. He's kind of never really had a turn. No, and, and Danny's right. Like, a lot has to unfold for him to get into the dude category. I'd feel like it's almost, it's not, like, more unrealistic than the Jordan Lewis situation because they're both, like, one call, one injury away from being in that spot. But Jordan Lewis, at least, you know, to this point, has made plays and, and shown it. Like, Awesome Richards would have to get in, show that he's able to do it and then hit dude status. So I, I I think he had a good solid preseason. I think some people are really encouraged by it. But if Danny's right, a lot has to go right to get to that point. LP, awesome Richards comes in for a, let's call it week eight. You trust him or no? Nah, man. <laughs> I mean you can. I mean you can't but but the path and the rationale. So then hats off to you. The the rationale is very sound it's very solid and who knows what this line the, the o-line health you you never really know so yeah but he has to get on the field kind of be sure of himself like we saw in the preseason and play well and then be a guy um but i i, I like the setup i just don't see it happening off the bat though 
that's actually, I think between Tony and LP, they uncovered how I feel about your point, Danny. He has to, he's not even a guy yet. You know what I mean? At least Jordan Lewis is a guy at this moment. Like, well, you know, like I, we've got to evolve I, to that state. He's, he's Bulbasaur. We got to become Ibisaur before we can, be, we can become Venusaur. Well, for full disclosure, I, I read that as a guy we didn't see coming. I, again, I didn't really understand the definition. Um, so to me, I just think that because Tyler Smith was one of that guy to me last year, I would have told you how worried I was with Tyler Smith and then look what happened. And he, I mean, I didn't see that coming. So I think when I'm answering this question, it's, I would think if he does get thrown into action, into action, and then he actually comes in and plays surprisingly okay, where it just doesn't completely take the wheels off the offense. To me, I would say I, I wouldn't have expected that. And he would be a player that I would have uh, think, you know, just would surprise us all with being able to step in and make plays. Dude status, whatever, no. Um, but uh, outside of that surprise player that elevates into some starting role, yeah, that's definitely doable. Danny, that was a very positive uh, round for you at present time. You have a commanding 59-point uh, score that is a 17-point lead on LP, who's got 42. Tony right there at 41. Still anyone's game. We've actually seen Danny Phantom specifically blow a big lead before, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, hardest game uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. And you can have, have thought this was going to be the hardest game for any number of reasons. The team, the time of year, the weather – this place just gives you the 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 spooks, whatever it may be. Um, I'll go first and say that I picked the Chargers. Uh, and I it, it is going to annoy me greatly when the Cowboys win a barn burner against the Chargers and Dak outplays Justin Herbert and nobody gives him any credit. Nobody and everybody only wants to talk about how Kellen Moore was so wonderful and amazing and they don't want to talk about Mike McCarthy. Like I'm pre-pissed off at the takes that are going to come from the Cowboys beating the Chargers 47 to 41. Stop being Mr. Doom and Gloom, RJ. Come on. Um, okay, so that was my answer. The Chargers. Tony Catalina, hardest game for the Cowboys this year in your estimation. Yeah, I got November 5th at Philadelphia with the Remember, Eagles. remember. Have you seen that movie? I have not. Huh. <laughs> I, I got to watch that one. But no, I mean, this game, it's going to be the hardest game for a multitude of reasons, right? On the field, the Eagles are a very good football team. They're a football team that... Um, obviously commands the respect. They've done a lot of good things when it comes to drafting for agency. Um, just if they weren't one of your biggest rivals, you'd already look at it and say, okay, this can be a tough matchup. Now the Cowboys always play them tough. There's always you know, a good game, good rivalry. They're good matchup. But once you go into Philadelphia, it's going to be a little chilly in November. As you get later into the season, the schedule, you know, it means more as you get tighter into that. Who knows where we're at? Are we a game up? Are we a game down? Are we at the same record? Like, what is it going to look like? implications plus the team we're playing plus the stakes it just a lot is going to come into that obviously we got the jets in week two and you got the chargers there's a lot of good games you can pick from this tough cowboy schedule but um if you look at this this game here could mean a lot and and that's before thanksgiving and but you know that's that's where my mind went as soon as you saw this question i didn't really have to think about it too hard tony did you know that november 5th is the day that marty went back in time to in 1955 I didn't, but I love that movie. <laughs> I do. It's the day that the doc invented time travel, but whatever. Um, LP, uh, Tony mentioned the Jets game. You actually have next Sunday as the hardest game of the year for the Cowboys, the New York Jets in the home opener. Yeah, I do. I do. Because when you ask the question, I looked at it at face value. What is the hardest? Not what's the most significant, most important, highest stakes. I have a point on that a little bit later on, but I thought it's what is the hardest game to play this team. And I, I thought about maybe 
maybe out in uh, Western New York late in the year. But I thought about I said it's the Jets and they're just a perfect mix of veteran players with good young talent. And they kind of mirrored the Cowboys. I mean, you got Micah, who's kind of like Sauce Gardner, an all pro rookie, an elite top tier player already. So young, so dominant. Robert Sala is a defensive genius, the likes of Dan Quinn. And they've already improved as well. And they have speed to boot. And I think we had to talk about Aaron Rodgers, who's now eight and three against the Cowboys, undefeated in, in the playoffs. And that division is so stacked, but I think they're the cream of that division. Uh, where all those teams could be at the like playing for the AFC title game. I just think the Jets are a tough matchup, talent, experience, uh, and they're hungry. And I think that's kind of a team that looks just like us. So I think that's when you say hard, I think about the Jets. It would be all time annoying. Um to lose again to Aaron Rodgers in a different uniform at AT&T Stadium. It, it felt like Mike McCarthy had that one last year, and then the Cowboys let it slip through their fingers. And so if it were to happen again, um, it would only feed the narrative, especially um, I, I talked about this with Brandon Gatton on the NFC East mixtape, which comes out on Wednesday. If the Cowboys lose on Sunday to the Giants, right? I mean, it's possible, right? Like, it's, I think we all think it's unlikely, but it's possible. Then we have to face the prospect of falling to 0-2, next week at the hands of Aaron Rodgers. And if let's like if you want to create like doomsday scenario, Danny Phantom, let's say the Eagles beat the Patriots this week. They're one and oh, they play on Thursday night football next week. So say the Eagles beat the Vikings on Thursday night football. So say, you know, the Eagles are two and oh, we're already zero and one in the division and we got Aaron Rodgers coming to town, somebody who we don't fare well against. That would be a really long and nerve wracking weekend next yeah, I honestly, not, I don't have any worry about anything in, in week two, just to be honest. Look I mean, at that. Okay. I mean, I know the Aaron Rodgers thing is, is is a thing, but so was the Tom Brady thing. So I, I'm not worried about that. Um, and I, but I will say, as far as my answer goes, I, I it was a tie for me. And I will give you props, RJ, because your answer was my second choice. Because um, I, unlike a lot of Cowboy fans, actually do think Kellen Moore is a good coordinator. So that's why that is you know, a game that worries me. And also they would be coming off a game against the 49ers, which, you know, they could be a little bit beat up because those, the, I Cowboys, think those are, the Cowboys, what you're saying. The, the Cowboys right. would be. Yeah. So I think that's a two, tough two game stretch. So then going into to play the chargers, it could be difficult, which is the same reasoning that I'm picking my actual answer, which is going to be the, the, the bills game. And that would be an early December at Buffalo. Again, similar situation. They would come, come out of a game, play in the Eagles where they could we come in and, and it could be a crucial late season game too. So um, they could be a little worn down there and then have to go in on the road to play in maybe the snow. If you don't know um, against a really good um, AFC team, maybe the best AFC team. So it, so that's why I'm picking Buffalo. It could be weather and it could just be a really tough, important stretch for the Cowboys. So that, that could end up being their hardest game. Mm, I think that's a good answer, too. Um, it's interesting that three of our answers were all AFC games, right? Like, if the Cowboys lost LP, Danny, and I's games, like, at the end of the day, you know, those are the ones you want to lose. But if they lost Tony's game to that point, like, Tony's game is, <clears throat> excuse me, the one that carries the most importance. So um, it kind of is what it is. Um, okay, uh, we're going to combine the final two categories, gentlemen. So um, if you can look at your answers and kind of give your whole overall statement. Season ending. So I would like each of you to tell us the final record you think the Cowboys will have, uh, whether or not you think, because uh, spoiler alert, you all have them as we all have them as playoff teams, whether you think that's as the division winner, as a wild card, whatever the case may be. 
how you think their season ends in terms of what round at what point, whether that's a certain, you know, line or all the way at the end, whatever the case may be. Uh, let's go uh, right now. Uh, Tony, you are in last place, so you get to go first. I'm not, but I appreciate going first there. Um, oh, so- <laughs> uh, you are. Oh, no. OK, well, actually, let me fix this real quick. Um <laughs> So, Tony, you are in last place, so uh, you get to go first right here. There you go, LP. Nice little bump. Proving RJ wrong was enough for the bump. That that feels good. So no, but so for me, I, I look at the schedule and I think this team is at least a game or two better. But I think the schedule is a game or two harder. So when I look at it, I I, I think you know we've had two back-to-back seasons at 12 and 5 i think it's entirely entirely conceivable that they go 12 and 5 again you know 36 wins in three seasons mike mccarthy that feels pretty good and as far as where i think this team can go and i'm trying to be honest and not be a homer about it i think there is a super bowl appearance in their future but i won't go as far as to say is they're going to be super bowl champions because i need to see that Right. Like it's something we haven't even seen this part. Right. We haven't even seen the NFC championship. So while I agree that this team has the capabilities and I anticipate the talent being able to get them to a Super Bowl, I'm going to stop just short of predicting a win because, again, we need to see it. So, Tony, let's say the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl. Would you not pick them? Like just off of like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I know I know you got here, but like I can't, you know, it's, it's against my better judgment. The hopium in me would be running through my veins, but I, I think I um, I think I would stop short because I kind of believe in jinxes. So if I if I didn't think they were going to win it and we get to that far, I'm probably not going to um, kind of ruin that. Okay, so Tony, you have the Cowboys going twelve and five for the third year in a row and reaching the Super Bowl. Um, that is your prediction on Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. We'll see how that bears itself out. Okay. So LP, you're in second place, Tony. Um, you, well, you were in second place, um, at the moment, Tony's picked up some points since then. Um, so you get to go next. What is the Cowboys final? Oh, Tony, were they a division winner in your, um, world? I think I bet you, I I say, no, I say the Eagles go 13 and four. We go 12 and five and we lose the division. So LP final record, how they're in the playoffs and where it ultimately ends. Oh, you're muted LP. Sorry about that. All right, man. So sorry about that, but yeah, so I got them as a 13 and four, uh, wild card team. I think the games they lose kind of, yeah, it's the games they lose. They're going to decide it. You're going to split with the Eagles. Unfortunately, um kellen gets his revenge uh ice cold in buffalo and the jets kind of fly past them and i think just based on that that's enough for them to kind of sit behind the eagles um but but i will say this though we get the game that we needed last year we get the cowboys and the eagles for the nfc title game finally and i just think about it's it's just time all the twitter trash talk all that has to amount to something and the crescendo is kind of building and we need to see these two teams play each other at the highest stakes on the line and it has to happen right now we just got to see it. So kind of like that old school Leah song, we just need a resolution with this team, who they are, what's going to happen. And today, and I really want to be wrong about this, man. I really do. But I think those two teams meet and they get the best of us. So, but I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong, man. All right. So to be very clear here, uh, you have the Cowboys going 13 and four and it's a wild card team. So the Eagles are, so they've got at least 27 wins. The Cowboys and the Eagles do between the two of them, or at least 26 to your point, the tiebreaker could just lean in Philly's favor. Uh, but so 13 and four is a wild card team. That would be, um, really devastating, but I mean, Hey, sometimes it happens. Um, and you have the Cowboys reaching the NFC title game for the first time since 1995. 
and losing to the Philadelphia. And that would be in Philadelphia, um, obviously. Um, yeah. I don't, that would be a really, really long offseason. Like, I don't know that we, we have that in us, uh, to be, to be quite frank. <laughs> I think we, um, David says, gave you five points, says, I, I both love and hate that scenario. That would be, again, that would be tough. It would be such an incredible risk because if the Cowboys won that NFC title game, I don't know that any of us would ever shut up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be, I mean, it would be Nirvana, but the risk to lose that game would be, it would be devastating. Highest of high stakes, man. But I feel like it's just, it just feels destined, man. Those things have to happen. We have to see them at the best. And hopefully we come out on top, but that's just what it feels like. <laughs> um, I'm not going to take away five points from y'all, but Kevin did uh, from, from both Tony and LP for uh, depressing endings of the season. Uh, so to be fair, Tony didn't say that he thought the Cowboys would lose the Super Bowl. And at least if the Cowboys lost the Super Bowl to anybody, it would hurt a million times less than losing the NFC championship game to the Eagles in Philadelphia of all places. So uh, yeah, like I don't, I'm not going to pick them to win it because I want to see them do it. Like it's, I haven't seen it in over quarter century. So making it there, I thought was like going out on a limb, but I guess not. Uh, Danny Phantom. Man, you know, these last two answers have been really depressing. <laughs> First off, you know, the, the picture that LP painted, you know, to go 13 and four and then to, to finish that way is just, I mean, that, that would be very disappointing. And, I, you know, and Tony keeps saying that I want to see them do it. No, if, if they're in the Super Bowl, they've earned something from me. They got a 50-50 shot. I'm going to say the Cowboys are taking it down if that happens. But anyway, that's just my <laughs> that's my critique of your answers. Now that I've said all that, let me bring back and embrace my inner Eeyore and uh, give the worst answer of the group. And I, I have the Cowboys um, going 11-6. and six. Um, And this is a this isn't this is similar to what t- Tony said. It's, it has nothing to do with like them falling off at all. I don't see that at all. I, I think they're going to be a better team, but I think that football's just hard. And you know, I, I'm I'm a numbers guy, and I feel like this is just where they'll fall. And honestly, I think Philly may fall as well. I think I it might surprise people that this this NFC East, as surprising as it was last year, could be equally surprising. And because I think Washington's going to be better um, this year, so I. So where do I have them finishing? Um, I have them finishing where they always finish. I have them going to the divisional round. And, I, you know, it just it's a numbers game. And the odds are they're not going to be one of those teams that emerge there. So that I'm sticking with the numbers because that's just how I roll. They lose in the divisional round again. Yikes. Um, okay. Well, um, the uh, I don't know. I mean, LPs, yours still was more depressing um, than Danny's. Like, at least. What's yours, just, RJ? Uh, so... It is like prediction time, obviously, um, like every NFL show or platform or um, media conglomerate is offering their predictions. That's just, you know, what happens this week every year. Um, and so I do another show on the SB Nation NFL show feed called Monday Football Monday. We actually did it today on Tuesday uh, because of Labor Day. So happy belated Labor Day to everybody. Uh, we offered our predictions. I picked the Cowboys to win the division. Danny, were they a division winner in your um hypothetical yeah so they actually were am i so i, I think they tie except uh the, the eagles and the eagles end up having to tie which makes them just slightly fall out so you actually like predicted all the games here like this wasn't just like i didn't closing. go through and predict them i just okay. said this is how it's going to go down i'm going to roll i'm a numbers guy we're not going to have back-to-back division winners so i'm not giving it to philly sorry right it's going to so, be dallas but it's as close as it can be so and, i've got dallas winning the division 
Um, and part, and again, if anybody doesn't know what Danny's referencing, uh, no team has won the NFC East two years in a row since 2004. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it also doesn't mean nothing. Um, you're talking about almost 20 years of history, uh, which is, you know, at this point, almost a third of NFL history, or it's over a third right now. Um, and so that's a factor. Uh, I've mentioned I mentioned the NFC East mixtape. I've, I've said this to Brandon Gowden several times. I think last year was the greatest season in Philadelphia Eagles franchise history. They did not win the Super Bowl, but in terms of who they were, that might be when like the world ends, the greatest Philadelphia Eagles team to ever live and ever play together. Um, and thank God they didn't win the Super Bowl. But again, I, they were that amazing. Um, and so regression is obviously coming for them in a lot of ways and in, in positive ways too. And regression is coming from the Cowboys in lots of ways. Um, but But I think the Cowboys are different. I, I trust, I know you don't trust Mike McCarthy as much as most of us, Danny, but um, last year, I mean, we've ripped through these stats a million times. They were a playoff team in back-to-back years for the first time in 15 years last year, in spite of sharing a division with a team who had the best year in their, you know, million year franchise history. Um, they won double digit games in back-to-back years for the first time since 1995 and 1996. We have all projected them to have double digit wins again. Like they have earned that benefit of the doubt in my mind. Um, so I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt in a lot of senses. I'm certainly willing to give them the benefit past the divisional round. And some of that is that I think that like there, there's not a playoff game you can draw up that I would really be fearful of at this point. I'm no longer afraid of San Francisco just because I'm numb to it. Right. Like, I, so I'm just like too dumb to be afraid of the Niners at this point. Um, I'm not really afraid as much as as terrifying as that's on the LP of the Cowboys going to Philly. Like, Dak Prescott owns the Eagles. We know that. We say that all the time. Like, we can't say that and then, like, cower in fear if that ultimately comes to pass. And so if the Cowboys have to go to, what, Minnesota or Tampa or, I don't know, Washington, like, that's going to, you know, put fear in me? No. Um, So it's very difficult to envision a scenario on the NFC side of things that I don't feel like they have some sort of favorable matchup. They have the dude who we all just gassed up for 30 minutes and Micah Parsons on their side. They have Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and all the dudes who aren't even dudes yet on their side. So I'm picking the Cowboys not only to reach the Super Bowl, but to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. That's how I see this season ultimately unfolding. Book it. Anybody else? Anybody Anybody have any thoughts? Am I? Am I, I, do, I no, I have good, thoughts. man. <laughs> I, I, that was good. I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a thought here because I feel like I've heard this. I've seen this movie before. It's almost like you know, we go back one year ago today and we've got the same kind of thing going. And of course, we're all excited about it. Um, you know, and, you know, people want to believe that this is the Cowboys season. And this is a good. This is a good team. I, I would not be surprised at all if they win the Super Bowl. They, they definitely are going to be one of those teams. But as I said a year ago, it's just hard. winning football is hard. And, you know, you, sure. get, you get there and, you know, the, the odds are you're pro- it's probably not going to happen. So that's a. Uh, I think we I think we just kind of need to maybe temper be happy when it does, but also kind of just temper our expectations too because it's just it's just a really tough thing to achieve, and we shouldn't be so critical of it. If the Cowboys don't get past the divisional round, someone's going to bring out the torches either for Prescott or McCarthy. I already know where my torches are going, but it's gonna <laughs> it's, it's going to happen on one of those. You can't you can't love them both. Someone's a scapegoat for this, and so I just people just need to kind of. Take a deep breath and just enjoy the ride, but also realize this is a, this is a challenge that, that lies ahead. I agree with you, Danny. If I had to take the Cowboys or the field, I would take the field. Like, they probably won't win the Super Bowl, right? Like, it's an incredibly difficult thing. It's an impossible thing, right? Like, there are multiple professional franchises who have never 
done it before, right? Like it's a it's an impossible thing to even like think of them accomplishing. And there's all sorts of like fear and paranoia within us. And I'm with you. Like we have seen this movie before. It isn't like, oh, we feel like we've seen this. No, we have. Like we have sat here many an off season and said, oh, it's going to be different because this. And so we've tried all the like silly, oh, well, now they have this. They got a new Charles Haley. They got a new Deion Sanders. Like we have tried to connect them to the past forever and i'm finally done doing that but i'm at least willing to believe in whatever the future has and they have as high of a ceiling as anybody that isn't the kansas city chiefs because their ceiling is different and so if that being said that doesn't inhibit them from getting to the super bowl so yeah cowboys Bengals, cowboys beat them and dak prescott beats joe burrow and it's awesome that's my take lp nah man good storytelling rj real good storytelling hey I'm, i'm with it um okay so uh by the way chris's comment in the chat um got a lot more props than y'all's uh chris said uh for what it's worth i have us going 14 and 3 and beating the bills in the super bowl with micah parsons as super bowl mvp uh so didn't he have the same thing last year i don't think so um but um tony i think it was him and his uh his co-host who was like if they go 12 and 5 i want mike mccarthy out of the building so uh i don't know (laughs) that that's the thing like look I think that barring anything that we can't obviously predict, the idea of firing Mike McCarthy is dumb to me because we all just sat here and agreed that this team at worst has 11 wins in them. And he's, he's helped turn them into that. Like he's helped turn them into a team that we can set our watch towards winning 11 games. That is a luxury. I mean, Dak Prescott went healthy. He's never had a losing season in his career. And Danny was talking about the numbers. Like, if we're going to play the numbers, let's look at that as the as the floor, right? And then Mike McCarthy, back-to-back 12-win seasons, 24 wins in two years. Like, if we get another crack in the playoffs, we can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater because we don't win the Super Bowl, which is the hardest thing in sports to do. Like, just keep plugging away, keep chopping, and eventually it's either going to happen or it isn't. But every year you get a shot at it. Well, I will say this, though. With the defense they have and the, and the new weapons we have on offense, if they don't take the next step, Something's not right because I mean, I disagree it, with that. Like it could be that crap got weird. You know, what it I mean? could be like, no, absolutely. absolutely. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't want to just make a general statement that that's the case too because football's weird and you know randomness of it. But I will say this: if they if they show up and they underperform, um, there, I think there are there are some issues. And now, am I going to say that if McCarthy puts another twelve and five season that he deserves to go? No. But I think you need to really look at things and, and what's really happening. And what? Why are they not successful with the tools they have? Because there's so many good pieces here, and I think the reason why we're we're so high on this team is is because of that and what the Cowboys have done to build this roster. So, you know, we need to see results. We need we need Dak to show up. Or we need McCarthy to show up. And if they don't, then the Cowboys they're really limited on what they can do. Um. All right. Uh... Uh, LP, you have a closing thought there. So I was just thinking about that with the coach, man. I look at other teams like the Pats, the Steelers. Um, continuity of head coach is fine. I, I don't know, like look at uh, Mike Tomlin. He hasn't won a ring in forever, but he's not a bad coach. He's not a losing coach. He, he kind of he stabilizes the system, you know. And I think them in a rebuild, he's kind of making them respectable. I think what Mike has done coming in and like Tony said, raising that floor. I think you're doing pretty good at head coach if you can keep retooling the roster. Add more pieces. I think you're fine, man. And even like like their drafts, they they threw away a draft class from 2021 because we feel so good about what they have now. And I think that has to count for something with McCarthy. So I'm I'm totally fine with it, man. Like I said, I, I think they're going the right direction. I hear everything you said, 
and continuity and all that stuff. But when you when you say McCarthy, what I'm really hearing is Dan Quinn. So I just think that mm. he's he's the biggest piece here in the, in the Cowboys' success because I mean that's just my own personal f- feeling because I think Dan Quinn's really good and I don't think quite as high as McCarthy, but that that's just where I'm at. I will say, you know, not to get too far off the rails here, but, you know, I hear Danny and I respect what you're saying because but I hear that a lot from a lot of people and they say, well, if Mike McCarthy doesn't work out, we have the replacement in Dan Quinn. Well, Dan Quinn was a part of what we didn't get done. Right. So like he's just all we're doing is moving up up from the B chair to the A chair. And he 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 was a part of the failures, too. So we're going to get rid of Dan Quinn, bring somebody else to be offense coordinator and just hope everything works out because we just made one low key switch. Like I'm not the person who's comfortable with complacency right like i understand if you go 12 and 5 get bounced in the divisional round again there are some things that gotta be you know looked at and and tweaked and figured out what it is but i'm not gonna sit here and just throw things away because we didn't get the ultimate prize like i understand chris is is almost like a starving artist at this point right he wants it he needs it like i feel him but i'm also not gonna like cut my nose off despite my face like i understand that we're seeing something rj you alluded to it 15 years we hadn't seen back-to-back like winning seasons and double digit seasons whatever the case may be like that that counts for something it may not win you the ultimate prize but we're finally in a spot here where we're like okay the floor is 11 wins we're gonna go to the playoffs what can we do at that point and that just feels good to sit here and say that mm. um that's all well said uh a great round table as always gentlemen uh, the points are closed. Tony, you picked up five more there at the very end, uh, but I will say that you did not need them. Uh, Danny Phantom takes home the silver medal with 74 points. LP, the bronze, even though your microphone is gold, with 71. Tony, uh, you know, you would make T.O. proud. Daddy mentioned 2007 Terrell Owens. 81 points for you in a victory. Congratulations. How are you feeling? Who would you like to thank? Who would you like to make fun of? The floor is yours. Well, what, did, what was it, Kobe, that did the three? Because I've won three back-to-back-to-back roundtables. So I might have to just retire for a little while and, and go on on a high note. No, honestly, I love it. I appreciate it. So three-peat feels good. Uh, it's you know funny you mentioned Kobe because of 81. You dropped 81 just like Kobe did. Look at that, Tony. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> I know Danny's you, a Laker guy. You deserve the win now, Tony. You- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that makes um I don't know who that makes you, Danny, and who that makes you, LP. Uh, but Tony Catalina is Kobe here tonight. Um, wow. Uh LP, any closing thoughts? 71 is, is Devin Booker, I think. So I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with that. Um, Danny, um, Danny, you can be Dikembe Matumbo because you just how, kinda, about, how about yeah. it be uh Chuck Howell? How about it be Mr. Cowboy? So uh, that's uh, fair. Yeah. Uh, not Chuck Howley, uh, <laughs> but uh, Bob Lilly, definitely. Bob Lilly. Um, yeah. That's what I. That's what I've said. Right. <laughs> um, wow. Um, okay. Well, uh, Chris Halling says three round tables that I have not been on. Chris knows where the docket is to uh, join these. So um, I don't know, Chris. That's on you, man. I mean, if you want to come for Tony's crown, you know where the sign up sheet is. So, um, all right, Tony. Um, you can go last. Let's get uh, let's go from bronze to silver. Sorry, LP. Score predictions for Sunday's game against the Giants. LP, oh please. man, let me get uh, Cowboys. They went pretty smooth. I say Dallas, twenty-seven ten. Okay, Danny Phantom. I'm gonna say it's a little bit sloppier than we think. I think Dan Quinn's Cowboys takes home the prize, twenty-four thirteen. Okay, Tony, take us home. I, I got him winning. I got them winning 24 to 20 where the offense feels like they left a little bit on the field and the defense feels a little annoyed by what the performance they had, but they still start one to know. 
and they still cover. Uh, Tony, finally, uh, you will be there. P- promise us something you will do. Anything. Somebody tweet at me. Literally give me a list of suggestions. I, if whatever gets the most likes or repeated answers, I will literally do whatever they ask me to do. That's legal. Okay. Sounds like Tony's painting his body. Whatever it takes.